So I hope you'll uh, indulge me. This is another moment, uh, no notes. Um, my prep for this was prayer and discussion with other Christian men and some input from my wife. And what I want to offer is this. I think God is saying, hey, there's going to be rules in life. So why don't you sit and observe my rules versus men's rules? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided that you shall live. God could have had you live at any moment in time. It's not our fault we didn't get to live in the Wild West. I wanted to meet Wired Earp. I don't think I wanted to meet Doc Holliday. I probably just wanted to look at him. I think people had a weird habit of dying when they met Doc Holliday. Yeah, there's all sorts of times you could have lived. I would love to have been in the room during the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, there's so many times, but these are our times. And they are incredibly important times. There's times where, uh, and it's, it's biblically, it's a cycle. You're living in a cycle right now where God is storing up. He's storing up buckets of wrath, uh, big containers of wrath. Because God's rules are being laughed at. They're being mocked. God's invention is, in fact, being denied. The, not just that God exists. The, the denial of God is age old. But now, now you have the party denying that our bodies have immune systems. You have the party saying, well, some women, you know, women can have penises too. Um, and that's never going to be the case. So you have God's, the, the details of God's law and God's design, God's evident, self-evident design being denied uh, by people who want to manufacture their own truth and in that way become the ultimate gods. Because truth, we're going to arrive at truth, right? The, 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 the world's strongest, most affirmed atheist in my worldview as a, as a, as a Jesus needer in my worldview, the world's most virulent, uh, sincere atheist will also believe in God. We'll have a moment of, oh, okay. And sadly, that's if that person dies before uh, you know, accepting the Christ, then that person, at least they'll have the satisfaction of knowing they spent their life wrong. And I, I don't find that funny. I mean, I find it, frankly, tragic. And I think that this time in which we live is God is just saying he's done it again and again and again. Hey, I'll let you give in to your fleshly desires. If that's really what you want, I will let you do that. If what you really, really want is capriciousness, I will let you do that. But let me wind this down to a human comparison before I get into ultimately why I felt called just to speak with you today. I don't, I don't have a bunch of notes um, this came prayerfully, came after my men's group and some discussion with some Christian men. There's going to be rules. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a former cop this morning, and he, were, he and I were talking about the, the laughable idea of anarchy. 
there will never be such a thing as anarchy. Anarchy, well, let me say it this way. There will never be anything other than phases of anarchy. Anarchy is a phase to control. Anarchy is a transitional phase. So if anyone ever tells you an anarchist that they're an anarchist, they're also admitting that they haven't thought this through, not even a little bit. And what they are is emotionalists and what they are is destructionists and, and what they are is, um, is, is people who have the dream uh, that is a misunderstanding of what freedom means. And it's pretty easy to put a bow on this. If you refuse to engage and support and foster a civil society, an uncivil society will rise. And when there is an uncivil society that rises, the people with the most guns and have and have in their armies, most people willing to commit the most egregious and quick violence acts, the more violent, the better, the more unpredictable, the better. The broader spread, the better, the more cruel, the more public, the better, the faster they gain control. And when you're breaking a society and you make it very, very, very clear, these are your choices. That's what will reign. And there's one side of the spiritual equation that is that way. There's the other side that is is the Lord storing up buckets of wrath. We were reading Romans 9 last night. I'm not using the exact phrase because, again, I just wanted to sit down and chat with you. In Romans 9, the Apostle Paul talks about the Lord holding back his wrath and storing it in these vessels to be poured out later. But also at that point, by holding back his wrath, he's communicating to us great mercy. Okay, United States, you are pretending boys or girls. You are cutting off boys' penises or, or splitting them in half and shoving them in their legs. And, and okay, you're, you're chemically castrating 11-year-olds. And, okay, and you're saying that girls are boys. And, and, okay, you're teaching kids to hate one another. You are violating the greatest of the commandments. Uh, go, go out and you know, love God as, as, as your whole heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. You're violating those things simultaneously. You're teaching people to hate thy neighbor. You are going directly against my word in every capacity. You have fetishized debt. You have fetishized the human control, the worship of humans. You've done all of these things and you've done this throughout this time. And still I am showing mercy, but I am storing up a whole bucket load of wrath. And when is that wrath going to come out? At what point is God going to say, okay, um, it is time to clean some house. And when God decides it's time to clean house and he's done it again and again and again, it is a cycle in the Bible. He comes for the people who have, first of all, been, you know, just completely aberrant to his word and causing others to violate his word and coming at the people who have caused the children to violate his word. He comes at the people who have treated the least of these in brutality and folks of the party. I'm talking about you. You, and you've convinced yourself that you guys are the ones who are providing the great mercy. And understand this. I think this is, this is something that Jim Walsh said. Jim is a state representative in the separate country of Washington. And he is a Christian man. And he said something about the dictator of Washington State, Jay Inslee. But it's not really about Inslee. It's about how Inslee is viewed by the permanent boss class in Washington State. Well, I want the answers, Todd, but I'm not satisfied with the answers. I want to clean out the Department of Health of the 40 years of bureaucrat buildup that has created this monster that 
does mislead, that does manipulate statistics and health information, that does sit on data and wait to release data in a time that the bureaucratic structure there believes suits its purposes and its, uh, well, I don't even think the bureaucrats in these agencies consider the governor their leader. I think they consider the governor their their puppet. Someone is going to be in charge. Someone is going to make the rules. And Jim Walsh makes the point there that it's not even the dictator of Washington State who ultimately makes the rules. There is an ultimate set of rules that have been set into play in the universe. It's observable in everything. So we can go outside the natural law and just go to the physics of, of what's been set up. The clockwork that exists within, within this world, the position of this earth so that it is able to sustain life, the chemical compounds in specific ratios on this earth, this earth so it can sustain life, a specific temperature, a specific angle in the, tr- in the earth as it orbits, as it spins, as it orbits the sun, those specific angles... If they were offset by something as small as, you know, eight feet, which is pretty dramatic, it's offset by a couple of feet, the revolutions change, the angle of the earth in relation to the sun changes. You could have the entire earth be uninhabitable for periods of time. You could have the entire earth be uninhabitable. And I get it. This is not proving the existence of God. What it's proving is the existence of clockwork. It's it's proving the existence of precision. It's proving the existence of physical rules that, that cannot be broken except by God. And even then, even then, biblically, the Lord never invented matter. He modified matter. Like the Lord Jesus never said, hey, watch, I'll invent a person. Whew, here's a person. Look, I just made a person appear. No, he brought people back to life. He violated the laws of physics that you shouldn't be able to fix someone or, or cure someone of leprosy by touching them, and yet he did that. There were those rules. So there's rules at play physically from a perspective of quantum physics and engineering and chemistry and biology, and all these rules exist. Well, likewise, do you think that a God, and I'll debate anybody, anytime, anywhere, who wants to talk to me about the privileged planet, which is a phrase from the Discovery Institute, that proves that the Earth is in a privileged position. One of the coolest things about the Earth is that we're the only planet from which you could observe the entire Milky Way. Did you know that? Other planets in our solar system don't have the vantage point of being able to observe the Milky Way. And you know, I believe that God wants, that God signs his work, that he wants it to be observed. He wants to be, he is a loving father. He wants us to be able to step back and go, wow, thank you for this father. Thank you for oxygen. Thank you for carbon in the right mix. Thank you for a sun that shines. And just having these very basics. And it's, you remember, you know how great it is when your kid says, you know what? I just want to thank you for providing me a home my whole life. I finally became man enough to say to my mom, you know, I just want to thank you for working two jobs sometimes to support me. And I never went hungry. And I want to thank you for that. And that was really meaningful for her. But it's, and she said, well, you shouldn't have to thank me for that. But it was meaningful. I said, no, I get to thank you for that. There's going to be rules. They exist physically. They exist from a perspective of, of, of as again, biology, of math. That's this going to exist and exist now. There's going to be political rules. There's going to be societal rules. They're always going to exist because there's always going to be rulers. 
because people will always, and not just rise to the top, sometimes they'll stomp their way to the top. Go find your favorite dictator. Find the one who loved his way to the top. Find the one who cured lepers on the way to the top. Find the dictator who got there by giving truly to the least of these. Please don't come to me and say Vladimir Lenin did that because we can then talk about the death marches that he inspired and stolen then carried out and the brutality inherent in communism, which is in fact the taking from some to give to others. There's going to be rules. And here's what I think God is doing at this time. I believe God is, is observing that people have found his rules far too difficult. So they prefer other rules. Okay, well, here's some of your other rules. Let's say this. There are people who find the confines of, of sexuality in a marital sense to be too confining. Okay, well, then you can give in to your desires, and here's some of the offsets you're going to see. And immediately, people who are ultra promiscuous or people who involve themselves in some sex acts, they're bound to go get disease eventually or degrade the body eventually, the functions of the body. This happens. And I'm not pointing fingers to say, well, okay, that's the only way to degrade the body. You can degrade the body by, by over drinking, etc. But specific to the laws of human sexuality, you can invite disease, tissue injury. You can divide, invite ocular syphilis into your body. You can divide, you know, invite HIV AIDS. Well, Tony Fauci will take care of that, though. He'll have a vaccine on that any day now. Listen, I really tried hard on that. And this time we did it right by, by, by noticing there is no immune system. Shh, Tony, not your time. Not your time. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. But it's going to be when you're frog marched in front of a panel. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, you're bad. So when you violate the rules of God, God says, well, there's other rules. They're they're right here. These are the other rules. And when we get to a societal level and you look at the ways the party is violating the rules of God, they they are taking, for instance... Marriage, and they're taking, for instance, this, the, 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 the matrimony, and they're taking, for instance, the creation of one flesh in a marital union, and they laugh at it, and they scoff at it. And so what are we seeing? Oh, okay, well, then how about if your societies don't have children? How about if your societies shrink to the point that you're overtaken? Because the prophet Isaiah told the Hebrews, told Judah, told Israel, look, guys, 400 years from now, 600 years from now, maybe 800 years from now, there's going to be a country that's not even a country today, and it's going to topple you. Which is very much like someone coming along and saying to the United States of America, Saskatchewan is going to overtake you. What's Saskatchewan? Uh, it's a province of Canada. Saskatchewan, yeah. Saskatchewan's going to take over the United States. 400 years from now, but Saskatchewan's going to do it. And we laugh at that. Well, God can say, oh, okay, so you don't like the confines of marriage. You don't like a a, a sexual act that is focused on not always reproductive because, of course, God has given us a sex act to be able to enjoy as men and women who are married. So if you don't like that, that's fine. We can empty your populations. Oh, and by the way, then we can bring in foreign tongues. We can bring in foreign tongues and guess what they have? They have new rules. So, okay, Paris, you didn't like heteronormative marriage and 
reproductive based sex and and you wanted to to have all these new human creations because your new rulers are telling you this is the way strike out god's law okay you're going to see a decrease in your population your bosses because there's going to be rulers you turned away from god's rules so there's going to be rulers so now you have the eu coming along and the eu says hey you know what we need population replacement so we're going to enforce no borders we're going to force countries to take people in from other parts of the world where they have different rules. And we're not going to ask them to change. We're not going to screen who they are. We're not even going to check their backgrounds. We're going to do none of this. We're just going to flood our systems with these people because all societies are equal. All societies are equally good. All rules are equally good. I mean, after all, who are we to judge? Well, we aren't anybody, but there is the maker of the universe who set the clockwork in play, who created things like, actually, if you have sex with this person, you're going to get this disease and it might end really poorly for you. And incidentally, if you ignore my law about love thy neighbor, you're going to raise a, a generation of people who hates their neighbors and eventually they hate you and eventually you're on the list and eventually you're targeted because there's going to be bosses. They're going to be godly servant leaders who exist to serve, not be served, or they're going to be brutal people who exist to punish you, to push you into being controlled. So what do it gets to go through an example? In Paris, that used to be one of the, the great places of art and ideas and debate and, and free thinking and exchanges and philosophies and even inventing entire schools of art and cooking and, and all of this. They said, we hate God's law. We mock it. Okay, so they go through the mass migration, legal and otherwise. Now, there's some other people who come into their, their society and they say, wait a minute, you, you made a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad? Well, you said that would be the cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad. Well, then we're going to cut your head off. Well, you cannot cut my head off. I am a Parisian. Well, so are we. But this is against the rules. Well, which rules? Which rules exactly say that we can't cut your head off? Because our rules say we get to cut your head off because we have a ruler named Muhammad. And Muhammad said, if you create a picture of the prophet Muhammad, we get to cut your head off. So we're going to cut your head off. Well, I think that's fair then. Uh, just please be quick about it. But that's not what he said. That's what they said when they went to Charlie Hebdo and murdered people. But that was the new rules. There's going to be rulers. And I've been just utterly fascinated with, and I don't normally get stuck on, on one, on one passage of the Bible, but I've been utterly fascinated with this. That the reality of what we are called, what, what, what Isaiah warned us about or warned people about also applies to us. I can't get past it. I can't get past now. And this is great for me because I've had trouble getting to dig the Psalms. I just admit that I have. I've had trouble getting to dig the Old Testament, but man, I am digging the Old Testament now, truly. And I'm sure God's really relieved. Oh, Herman likes my work. God doesn't need me. I get it. This is off the top of my head. It may be terrible. I don't know. I just felt called to do it this way. So I'd love your feedback on this. 
We've got great supports of great partners who let us do things like this. Case in point, my friend Dave the Digital. Uh, Dave is the boss man, but he's a servant leader of his team uh, called Greenhaven Interactive. Servant leader in that Dave does all the work that his team does. He's shoulder to shoulder with them. There's no task at Greenhaven Interactive that's too small for the boss to undertake because there's no small, there's no small task when you're dealing with customers. Right? When, and there's no such thing as a small business in Dave's mind. There's businesses of a certain size, small to medium, but that's not small to you. And Dave lives by a notion that if you're awesome at your work, he wants to help people know that. One of the ways he does that is he solves your search problem. If you are not in the top three to five returns, when you search the name of your business, you have a problem. If you're not in the top three to five search returns, when you search within your industry or business type, you have a problem. Now you could pay Google. You could go sign up for an AdWords account. You could go in and, or, and, and go to the Google search and, and fund that for 1500 bucks or whatever and, and pay per click. And Google would love them that. Or you can go to greenhaveninteractive.com, talk to my friend Dave the Digital and his team. They will analyze your websites, your social sites, et cetera. They'll come back with a recipe so that your site will get the respect it deserves by the rules of Google's algorithm. Because Dave understands the rules of Google's algorithm and so does his team. So if you're not in the top three to five, Go to greenhaveninteractive.com. Make sure you tell Dave you're a friend of the podcast and just get that thing fixed. So there's going to be rules. The, The Parisians have run into this. Now, Mexico is running into this. Where the cartels are making the rules. There are areas of Mexico where the cartels are better armed and better prepared and have better drone supports and logistical support than the cops. They even have uniforms. They have uniforms stamped with the names of their cartels. And they have these rules. And that rule is this. We own this territory for dealing drugs. And if you come in and try to deal drugs in this territory, then we're going to capture you, torture you. We may burn you alive and then hang you from an overpass. Or we might just hang you from an overpass and then burn you alive. And it's sort of they get to choose because they make the rules. Now, it's not to say that there hasn't been brutality under the name of God. There still is, but not really under the name of the Christian God. Christianity sort of got its act together on that front. And if you are voting in true Christians, if you're voting in servant leaders, they don't go about beheading people, nor do they go about allowing lawlessness, such as I just described. Now, there's going to be rulers, and rulers don't respect borders. So where we have cases in the United States where you have human traffickers shooting guns across the border at our border guards, at our our, our, uh, border agents, that is their control spreading into our country. There's always going to be rulers. And so I'm just taken with, and, and I, I deeply want to try to memorize some of these scriptures. And you've heard me with Isaiah before. 
But it's the fundamental thing I think God is showing us, a side-by-side comparison. This is like God. I know this is a cliche. And I I doubted this happened until I saw the residue of this happening. I thought this never happened. I thought this was a wives' tale. That a dad would give the, oh, so you like to smoke. And you know what comes next, right? So my dad took a poker table, backed it up against the wall, put me against the wall, bought four cartons of cigarettes and said, sit here and smoke those uh, and smoke them all. And I'm going to sit here and make you, which by the way, can kill you. Don't, don't, that can kill a kid. That can kill a human. That can kill an adult. I didn't think that ever happened until I went down into my friend's basement. He showed me the spent cigarettes and the cartons and the room stunk to high heaven. Oh, and it cured him of the smoking and it cured him of it fast. And, and, and to this day, he can't be around cigarettes without remembering that lesson. And his dad did it out of love. And again, it can kill a kid. So let's not do that. God so loved the, God so loved the world that he sent his only son. That is more radical than sit and smoke cigarettes. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, knowing his only son was going to be, they were going to attempt to debase him, to embarrass him, to rob him of his dignity, to scare him, to torture him. Then they did and beat him and they did. And they knew that the, 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 the Trinity, the father, the son, the Holy Ghost knew what was going to go on. He did that anyway. That is more radical than another thing I saw dad do, which is, oh, you like to chew tobacco? Me too. Oh, wow. I'm a 38-year-old man, and I, I chew leaf tobacco, and I see you with your Copenhagen. Let's chew together. Oh, by the way, what are you doing? Why are you spitting it out? What? What? Wait, why are you spitting the good part out? No, swallow that, son. So, and then closing his kid's mouth for him. No, nah, come on. Why are you spitting out that Copenhagen? That's big money. That's be like me. I'm, I've got my, my leaf chew right up here. My plug. See that? See that hug? I got that. I want to see yours. Swallow it. That also got a kid off the tobacco. So I see God doing a version of this. Uh, and and I don't know why I feel bad for reading another, a, a piece of scripture again. I try to find new chunks of scripture for these things, but this one is speaking to me. Again, Isaiah 29, 13. Oh, pardon me, 29 verses 9 through 13. The Lord is trying to teach the people a lesson. Semicolon. Statement stands on its own. The Lord is trying to teach the people a lesson. Got it. He's trying to make them understand his teachings. Period. Got it. But the people are like babies too old for breast milk, like those who no longer nurse at their mother's breasts. So they make fun of the Lord's prophet and say, a command here, a command there, a rule here, a a little lesson here, a little lesson there. Period. And he puts that in quotes, quoting what Isaiah says that the people are saying. Now, in his time, that's what people were saying. But we like golden calves. Golden calves are cool. You don't have to clean up any of the poo-poo. We like having orgies and such. And, and how come we can't make our own gods? Our own gods don't judge us. We like to make gods out of wood and, and, and bronze and because they're cool. Because then when we make our own gods, we get to make our own rules. 
I, I get to do this. I get to put my kid into slavery. I get to beat my kid because my God is a, it's a mason jar filled with colorful sand. And its name is, is Fred, Fred, the Fred, the jar God. And Fred, the jar God says, I get to do it because that's my God. Oh, yeah, I went through a a list of 5,747 false gods it mentions in the Bible. 5,747. So back to Isaiah 29, chapter 29, verses 9 through 13. So he's talking about a little lesson here, a little lesson there. Verse 11. So the Lord will use strange words in foreign languages to speak to these people. Now, again, I am not theologically sound enough to tell you this is a sermon. This is my interpretation, how I am seeing this from that time to this time. What did we just talk about with Charlie Hebdo? What did we just talk about? Here's your new rules. Foreign strange words. Well, when you're talking about the replicative value, the R value of an upper respiratory virus, particularly when you're speaking about what we call in the scientific community, T-cell immunity or crossover immunities, you're really looking at the isolation of a gene-numbered RA573, which is very complicated. And it's this is, look, I represent science itself. So let me, let me boil this down for people um, who are not named Tony Fauci. Um, the only way to save your children is to do exactly as I say while I hold a syringe at your aorta. That's my rule because I represent science itself. So Charlie Hebdo, Tony Fauci. Well, immune systems don't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord spoke so much about money. He did. He He spoke about stewardship, spoke about the kingdom of heaven a lot. Jesus, I think, spoke about the kingdom of heaven more than anything else. And spoke a fair bit about money. In fact, a whole lot about money. My friend Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer on Bulwark Capital Management, talks a lot about money. And why wouldn't he? That's his job. He is a steward. He's a financial steward for his family and for many, many families. Right now, people are at a decision point. They've reached a crux point in their life where their companies may have abused them by saying, you will take the injections or you will not have a job. And by the way, if your company did that to you, you think they aren't going to come back later and say, we're going to need you to go ahead and cut off your right hand or, or we're going to need you to go ahead and pledge allegiance to uh, critical race theory. That's what we're going to need. Got it. You're going to need that. Okay. Uh, or I can't keep my job. Well, if that has you second guessing, even a long career at what has been a great company up to this point, And you're wondering in your heart of hearts and your wife is asking you, hey, why don't you retire? Come on. Maybe we could do early retirement. Well, Instead of bringing your emotions into it, remove that. Call my friend Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management. He's the chief investment officer there. He will do a mathematical analysis as a good steward, and he will focus on risk management. Okay, because it's a risky thing to retire and specifically to do early retirement. Zach has done this for people who came to him from Boeing. A whole bunch of people said, we don't want to take the injections. Wonder if we can retire over half of them. We're able to retire on the spot. So that could be you. So find out. So call Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management. It's 866-779-RISK. 
That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Now, before you become a client, understand that investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. And that's a rule. I got to say that because it's true. It's this law. So God is saying, I want you to understand my teachings. I am trying to teach you a lesson. I'm going to send foreign tongues in to help you understand this lesson. I'm going to send strange languages. There's nothing stranger than the language of the bureaucrat. Right? There's not. Look, telling people to hate white people is not hatred. It is anti-hatred. Antifa organizers teach. Remember, when you are beating a cop in the back of the head with a with a aluminum baseball bat, remember this. That's not violence. That's anti-violence. And remember, when you determine that an entire race of people, specifically white people, are racist because of their DNA, that's not racism. That's anti-racism. Foreign tongues and strange words, foreign languages and strange words to speak to these people. They're speaking to us. How do you like their language? How do you like their rules? Oh, remember, uh, look, I'm going to get in trouble here. Uh, I'm not mocking dementia. I'm imitating the figurehead. I'm going to get in trouble here, but look, the, the way to the way to regain your freedom, uh, the freedom to 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 work, uh, is is to uh, to obey us. Uh, as to what you put in your body. And true freedom uh, comes from submitting fully uh, to, uh, I forget his name, uh, my dear friend, uh, what's his name, Burrito? Burrito? Uh, CEO of Pfizer. Burrito is, uh, oh, no, my, oh, it's whatever his name is, him, Berea. Strange languages. Strange words, foreign languages. God's trying to teach us a lesson. God had said to them, this is verse 12, Isaiah 29, 9 through 13, verse 12. God said to them, here's a place of rest. Let the tired people come and rest. This is the place of peace. And there's one more sentence in that verse, but I'm going to pause. This is the place of peace. What has the United States been throughout history? Yeah, there's been real periods of tumultuous times. There's been terrible acts undertaken on our shores. There was the perversity of slavery over which we fought one of the bloodiest wars in history. We were the second major country to end it. It still exists today in this world. It still exists in China, which is incidentally hosting the Olympics. So we wiped it out. It still exists in Olympia, in, in, in the Olympic host, China. It's being reinstalled in the separate country of Washington state where you can purchase babies in bulk and then do whatever you want with them because you can leave the country. You can fly in a desperately poor woman from Bangkok or 10 or 12 women, put them in a hospital, impregnate them, come back once, pick up the 12 or 24 kids, whatever you, you know, however much money you want to spend to genetically manipulate them to have twins. Now you've got 24 babies. You pay the money, the mothers, their money, send them back to Bangkok. You fly away with 24 babies to do with whatever you choose, but you got to purchase them from the state of Washington. Now, no one would ever, ever abuse that. And, and it, it, that's not like it's a violation of God's law to commercialize the creation of children, right? 
The United States has been a place of rest. So it's been a place of religious freedom. Well, not anymore. You have the Navy SEALs. Oh, you have a medical waiver to the injections? Approved. You have an administrative waiver, whatever that means. Approved. Oh, you're a Christian and you have a religious waiver? Absolutely not. No, not approved. It's been a place of rest. Now to continue with verse 12. But the people would not listen. All right. We had a place of rest. God has said, this is your place of rest. In God we trust. Let's get that off our money. Yeah, I like God, but except when he makes all those rules, those are so hard to live by. Love God with all your heart and don't covet the neighbor's wife and don't murder, don't steal, don't covet. Respect your parents. Who, who could do that? Who, who could live their life not having sex with whoever they want? That's impossible. That can't be done. And why should it be done? It makes me happy. Uh, how's it do for your kids? Oh, yeah. Well, now look, people make mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes. My wife has made mistakes. My brothers and sisters have made mistakes. My dear friends have made mistakes. God is righteous, loving to forgive. That's one of his rules. It's one of his rules. Right? You can come to me. And you can say, Father God, Abba, I have sinned. I have been so unclean. I've followed the desires of my flesh. And it led me to the basement, Lord. And I don't want to be that man or that woman. Lord, I would beg you to dispatch to me a full portion of the Holy Spirit to help me correct this, to never again, and to put into my heart, Lord, love as a verb, patient and kind, not keeping a list of grievances, neither loud nor boastful. I would ask that, Lord. That's one of his rules. Fully repentant. It's not the rule of the party. There's going to be a ruler. You see, there is no redemption with the party. You, you, you cross the party and you end up in solitary confinement for a year without charges, which is distinctly illegal. But when you're dealing with rulers rather than public servants, well, what's that matter? When you cross the party... Yeah, you're not going to be able to work in society anymore. So, you know, J-O-B, not for thee. You crossed us. There's going to be a ruler. There are going to be bosses. And I believe the Lord is saying, hey, you miss me yet? Now, I'm a God of freedom for you and responsibility. And I do have some rules and I've also made you promises. 
and I don't break my word. I don't fail. I don't break my word. Let's continue with Isaiah 29 verses 9 through 13 to wrap this thought up. But what I think one of the things the Lord is allowing us to have a big insight into is life without him, life with rulers. How you like it now? One might ask. I think this is a very, I'm speaking out of turn. I don't know. I don't have enough time to listen to podcasts as many as I'd like or as much radio as I'd like. I would assume that for a quote conservative radio host, this is maybe unique. Maybe it's horrible. In that case, <laughs> please don't share it with friends if it's, if it's terrible. If, however, this has touched you and you think it's important that people hear this, this might be the podcast that you send to 10 friends. Uh, particularly if they had heard me, um, and God rest them. And, and on Friday, I'm going to go through and take you through what it was like to host Russia's show the day after the Maha passed. That will be on Friday. Um, so if people heard me through Rush, they don't know what we have this podcast. Maybe this is the one that you email to people. Just wherever you listen, grab the podcast, send it to 10 friends via email and tell them why you think they should hear it. And maybe that's one of the ways you help us grow the show by a hundredfold. And the Lord has been so faithful in that. So to wrap this up, verse 13, Isaiah 29, verses 9 through 13. So the words of the Lord will be a command here, a command there, a rule here, a rule there, a little lesson here, a little lesson there. They will fall back and be defeated. They will all be trapped and captured. You ever feel trapped? You ever feel like someone without a political home? You ever feel trapped in a state that's no longer recognizable? Has California, we've got a lot of listeners in California. Does it feel like a foreign country? When I say the foreign country of California, does that bother you? Does that bug you? Does it hurt you? Um, I wonder if it would be. I wonder if it would be more bothersome if you didn't know in your heart it was true. See, I remember state pride. I remember being able to cheer for the Washington State Cougars. My dad went to undergrad at Wazoo Graduate School of UW, but he was always a Coug. And I remember never missing an Apple Cup because this is the year of the Cougs. I drove into Spokane the other day. I hadn't been in the foreign country of Washington State for a very long time. That's not true because I crossed the border to go to a gym, but it's barely Spokane. But I hadn't been in Washington state proper for a long time. And I have to confess to you, I was creeped out. And I, I wasn't like I was thinking about Washington state. In fact, I was excited to go meet a new person we're going to be working with, hopefully. And I was driving in with hope in my heart, thinking this is such a blessing that I get to do this. And just this dis-ease just washed over me. What, what's wrong with me? I think I'm in a foreign country. A command here, a command there, a rule here, a rule there, a little lesson here, a little lesson there. They will fall back and be defeated. They will be trapped and captured. Do you feel captured? Do you feel trapped? 
Well, then don't be the ones who are being forced to violate the word of God. Don't let the party corner you in to lying, to supporting lies, to speaking lies, to being involved in any way with the abuse of children's minds. If you're a teacher and you're teaching critical race theory, you're abusing children's minds. Don't do it. But I'll lose my job. Yeah. You probably will. Am I telling you to not feed your family? No. I am saying there is abundance. There is abundance. We had a conversation with the Dr. Duke Johnson. His team has created a parallel society hospital. They didn't want to take the injections. There is a hunger in this country for folks who will stand up to the party and create learning centers and homeschool co-ops and outright schools that will not take the knee to the party. So be those people. Be the people who choose God as your ultimate king and Christ Jesus as your king. Adopt to his rules. Vote for people who live by his rules. Reject ungodly rules in every capacity. And then maybe for us, God can say the thing that he ultimately wants to say to all of us. He wants to say, welcome home. You know, years ago, I stopped saying thank you for your service to veterans of the Vietnam War. And instead, I do everything I can to try to have an opportunity to shake their hand and look them in the eye and say, welcome home. Because they never got that. Because society had been shaped into this lie that we don't thank our soldiers for what they did. Well, if I, in my finite human capacity, can feel such love and gratitude for those men, imagine the capacity for love for the being who created the universe and sent his only son. And imagine how it thrills him to say, welcome home. I'm so glad you decided that in fact, your loving father's rules aren't that crazy. They aren't that hard to live by. And in fact, they're righteous and just. And you know what? Just like we make rules for our kids, the Lord made them. Because he understands the guardrails we need. We're grown-ups, they're kids. He's God, we're not. I love your feedback on this. Been completely off the top of my head. This is the Todd Herman Show. Now please do, go be well, be strong, be kind, and yes, please, be right with God.